is the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Tony Dorsett has scored his first touchdown as a pro. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Tony Hill, touchdown, Tony Hill. Brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Mahindra. Find your nearest Mahindra dealer at texasmahindradealers.com. And by SWBC Mortgage. Prepare to win. Call SWBC for all your insurance needs. Now your hosts, Mickey Spagnola and Bill Jones. It's 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night at the Star in Frisco, Texas. And that can mean only one thing. It is time for the Cowboys Legend Show. Bill Jones along with Mickey Spagnola. And Mickey, this Week, it is a winning Wednesday legend show. How about that? Yeah, how about that? They got on track on Sunday night. Things change so quickly in the National Football League, don't they? They do. The sky was falling a week ago. The sun is shining behind us here at Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. And we've got a very special guest this week here on the Cowboys Legend Show. Let's welcome in. The great Dat Wynn is in the house. Hello, Dat. How you doing? Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Um, it's always an honor to be here with you guys. Well, it's an honor to have you with us, and I want to see which one of us confuses Dat with Dak, okay? <laughs> Who's going to be the first one? And I'm nominating myself, okay? okay? I'll nominate you, too. Yeah, I'll second that. It'll happen. Well, Dat, how are things going for you? Things are going good. Can't complain. Uh, it's um, well, it's just going. I, I'm still doing the same thing Uh the last couple of years, I'm um, running the Chick-fil-A down there in downtown Fort Worth. Um, it's very similar to what a football organization is. Uh, we're in our second year. So um, we're growing. We're getting better. I think when I inherited the team, uh, I felt like I was 1-15. in 15. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like a 15 season. And then, and then after one year, I felt like uh, we're about 4-12. Uh, and 12. So I, I think we're hoping to get 7-9, and nine, maybe 8-8. Eight and eight. Get a couple more then, draft picks in yeah, there. And then in the following year, maybe slip into the playoffs. So that's what we're hoping for at year three. But at year two right now, we're moving forward, and we're getting better. And uh, that's all we can do. Well, so you're downtown Fort Worth. Right downtown off of West 7th, uh, the big Montgomery Plaza building. Uh-huh. Uh, the, it used to be the Montgomery Plaza Distribution Center. Now they're made into a luxury uh, a hotel, a really apartment, condo, and then also some restaurants on the bottom, and then we're right behind that. So, so do you have one of those drive-ins, where drive-throughs where there's cars parked for, like, ages? Yeah, we, we do. No, uh, Chick-fil-A, they don't, you don't we sit don't park, for long. We don't, we don't park long, but we do have a long line. <laughs> but the perception, I keep telling them, is the perception, say, hey, it's not that long. No, it's, it's just great. Just drive through because we do, like, our, our peak hours, which is, like, 12 to 1, and we always judge by peak of how, where are we at, how much are we growing, and um, and we're doing, really, we're growing very, really unbelievable. And and but a carryout, people park, find a parking spot. It's hard to find a parking spot. They park, go in, get in line, order, stand to the side. Then we're bringing them the food, and then they go to the car. And it's like, so every time we bring their food, we go, hey, you know, the drive-through. We we're trying to enhance this drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> we promise it won't take that long. It's almost like, hey, you got that trick play. You want to put it in there, uh-huh. and then you, you, you have it in your back pocket. You just got to pull the trick. Now, do you have employees who are out in the drive-through? It's, it's amazing because you'll have like three employees out in the drive-through. They take your order. They yes. take your money right there if you got a debit card, and then you run through very fast. In fact, Mickey, on one of my three trips to Frisco you today, yes, you stop I went to Chick-fil-A <laughs> yeah. for. So yeah, so it's very it's very similar to the concept that I use with football. Quite a bit, all the football stuff that I've learned, 
uh, teamwork, understanding who's good, who's not, who, what's their strength, what their weaknesses. You've got to put the people in the right position. And we always call it push your aces in the places, especially during that prime time. And, and for us, we average about, I say, I think we just did a couple of records. We've been having records uh, the last few weeks here. And uh, we average about three to four cars a minute. Oh my! Wow! So we can do the math then. So it sounds cool. like you, you, it sounds like you just don't own this, but you're there. You're hands on. So yeah, that's what Chick Fil A wants. Is they want you want to be there because you you you're impacting people. And and I think Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick Fil A, put it the best. We're not just in the chicken business. We're in the people business. So here I am mentoring these kids and these people, and especially downtown Fort Worth. If you go to my store, sixty percent of my store are high school kids. So I'm there. I want to be there. I'll get to know them. Because some of them don't have parents. Some have maybe one parent. Some live with grandparents. And some maybe have a child. And they're trying to get an education. They have this dream and these goals. And, and they want to accomplish. And, and no one's telling them, hey, you're doing a good job. I can tell you, some of the things they do, the talent that they have, it blows my mind. They can take an order on a headset and walk to the back and get something that missing in the front and walk back to the front and put the order in. I was like, if I did that to go back to the back, I would go back to the front and say, excuse me, can you give me your name again? Vicky, <laughs> <laughs> do you know anything about Truett, Kathy? Uh, great, not that much. Great man. And how much did your knowledge of Truett, Kathy, have to do with your decision to pursue that with Chick-fil-A? Well, I think it's more of uh, just what you have heard. And when you get in, you get to understand more the, the culture and what he did and, and how amazing this man is. I think it goes back to the guy that we know is Jerry Jones. How many people he impact that nobody knows? And I think that's what's amazing about Truett Kathy. And, and for me, I got in the restaurant business because my mom was in the restaurant business. I saw my mom impacting people on a daily basis when I left coaching. I was like, I want to impact people. I really want to coach football, but I didn't want to f- travel around the country every few years, and it wasn't fair for my wife and kids. So uh, I decided to go in the restaurant business. And on a daily basis, that's what I want to do is to impact these kids and give these kids a chance and opportunity just like I had. It sounds like... A second family, like you got your kids, five kids, right? Yes, sir. And now you're raising all these kids at Chick-fil-A, too. Yes. So I do have mentors. I do have leadership, uh, upper, upper level leaders that are helping me mentoring these kids. And, and we, I can't talk to all of them at one time, but I do know each and every one of them. Everybody has a story. And I keep telling them that's what Chewy Kathy always talked about is that we all have a story. And what's your story going to be? Okay, Datwin, our guest here on the Cowboys Legend Show. Five kids. What are the ages? Uh, I got a 15-year-old. I got a 13, a 7, and then I got twin boys at 3. Oh! Uh, God got a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> they, they play sports at all? Uh, my, they coaching do, them? They, they, the, the girls do acrobatics. Okay. And they're right. at this place here, really in Plano. Every, they practice five days a week, and it's called WOGA. It's a world... Uh, World Olympics uh, gymnastic, gymnastics, and it's um, oh yeah, that's uh, well uh, yeah. known. Yeah, it's well known. So yeah. they do acrobatics, which is a new sport. So they have a trio, they have a, a, a pair, and they go out there. It's really gymnastics and dance combination of that, and uh, they enjoy it. They love it. I can tell you that um, when they get home from practice, they're, they're jump on the couch doing it. So when I, when I look at my <laughs> wife, I say, hey, they're doing that? I mean, they love it, so we're not that's forcing right. them to do anything else. Yeah. That's right. So they can jump on the couch all they want to. Yes, sir. Keep, right. keep them interested, right? <laughs> yeah, and we'll get into uh, your, your playing career with the Cowboys and to Texas A&M, you Aggies out there as well. they got a big mm. game on Saturday. We'll get into that a little bit over the course of the next hour. But, you know, you arrived at this decision to – pursue a career with Chick-fil-A, but after your playing days, you 
were a coach for a while. You even got into this business yes. as a, a sports talk show host out in San Antonio. Uh, how did that all evolve after your playing days to, to, to it, there was something. You, you know, what's funny, though, coaching was what I wanted to do. I, I think I love coaching. I still talk about football all the time, but I still use a concept. I think uh, Coach Bill Parcells, the four years I was with them, I think I learned more football than any time of my whole career. And I think they've made it interesting. The knowledge that he, he gave us and, and the situation of football it made it more interesting. And, and you can share that because game of football, I think they always talk about the game of football. He always talk about, like, for example, the Cowboys played two games and what, you lost by eight and you won by seven. So he always talked about 50% of your games in a year. It's eight games, right? 50% of your games are going to win seven or less points. And then 25% of those games will be three points or less, meaning that you'll be – eight and eight or six and six and ten or ten and six so how do you make the decision at the end of the game to win those games in those 25 percent of those four games that will give you that chance to be the record or get over that hump and and whatever it is but but i learned a lot from that the radio business allowed me to speak and learn how to speak better and i think that helps me now speaking in front of my team members going out talking about my story sharing my story that allowed me to be better as a speaker, but I wasn't there as a coach when I think all this stuff happened uh, is in God's hands. It, it transformed me to a better person, to you know, all my weakness and my insecurities that I, I kind of fulfilled or, or kind of enhance it, and that now I can share uh, my story with all these kids, all these people that I interact with. You know, when, when uh, we first talked to you about doing this, uh, I don't know if everybody understands how hard it is to get one of these franchises and you had told me that story <laughs> he was persistent bill yeah it was uh it was pretty it's they always said getting a chick-fil-a store is harder than going to an ivy league school oh wow yeah i think that was like thirty-eight thousand. like to qualify yes so there was a thirty-eight thousand applicants last year apply for chick-fil-a and every year they only select about 80 to 100 and then when you get it, it doesn't mean that you get a store they're going to put you in the best position or the best place to succeed where they think you fit the best because they do all these very thorough process. I interviewed, I think we went through seven interviews wow. to land the store. And, and I was one of the first athletes or professional athletes to own a store. There's another guy now out in California named Tony Stewart that played tight ends for the Raiders and the, the Browns. He has one store in Orange County. So um, there's a couple more athletes that are trying to get in and doing it. But I think now they see uh, how – we went through certain things, meaning teamwork, understanding hard work, dedication, and, and knowing that we will work and get our hands wet or get our hands dirty, and, and, and knowing that because the concept of the business is the harder you work, the, harder, the, better, the more profit they get or the more gross you sell, the more profit both of us get. And in order, if you're hungry and you want to do it, guess what? They'll, they'll try to find a way to get you in and do it. Dad Wynn, our guest here on the Cowboys Legend Show. What did you study at A&M? What was I studied agriculture business. And what's crazy, I had a meeting the other day with somebody, and I was talking about uh, NAFTA just started. So uh, it was National American Free Trade in 1994. It just passed. And I was like, whoa, I'm at a and I was like, dude, the food we eat on a daily basis, the clothes we wear, we take it for granted that it's agriculture. And a and is known for our big agriculture school. So, um, so I was like, oh, man, if I don't make it to national football play, go play football, I want to do import-export. To Vietnam, which is my country where, right. where we left uh, in 75. So, uh, but all this and all, when President Bush, um, W. Bush, left, he made Vietnam the hub of import-export. So China, uh, Japan, everything that goes from the Southeast Asia had to go through Vietnam. 
I was like, man, if I was doing that business, that would have been, <laughs> been pretty darn good. <laughs> so how old were you when your family moved from Vietnam? Uh, my here? mom was six months pregnant with me. Oh, okay. Because yeah, so you were born in 75. I was born in 75. Almost yeah. a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or yeah. zero, so, I guess. Yeah, so right. I was born at Fort Chaffee, Arkansas. Great, crazy story. So I was at Fort Chaffee, Arkansas when I was born. Do we have a segment? We're good. Go? We're good. We're good. So I was at, when I got selected to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, I was at the same time with Lovey Smith. So Levy Smith is from Big, 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 Sandy. big, big Sandy, right? So um, we're sitting there talking. His wife comes over. She stopped crying. She's like, well, I don't know if you know the story. Um, I went to Ohio State, um, and I met Lovey. And um, you guys played us in the Sugar Bowl, your senior year at A&M versus Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. And my dad went to the game. And she said, my dad looked on the field and said, it was one of us. And she looked over. She's like, what do you mean? Her dad was a supervisor of Fort Chaffee, the, the, the refugee camp at no Fort way. Chaffee where I was born. Oh, wow. my. Yeah, crazy. So she was overcome with emotion. Yeah. Wow. And she said, I finally got to meet you. And because, and you know, I interviewed with Lovey and Tony Dungy when I was coming out uh, during the draft of the combine and all that because uh-huh. they, were, they had the little linebackers that you know, yeah. fit in that, in that scheme, <laughs> the Tampa 2 scheme. But, uh, but it was a really touching story, and uh, I couldn't believe it. And, and it's, um, but he was so proud. She said uh, he was so proud because he would keep saying he was one, he was one of ours. That's wow. pretty neat. Wow. All right, we're just getting started here with that win on the Cowboys Legends Show, and we continue in just a moment from here at the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Team, we know what we got to do. Get out. to the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. SWBC Mortgage for more than 40 years. SWBC has been helping people, companies, and financial institutions prepare to win in Texas and across the country. Visit SWBC.com to learn more. Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola and the great Dat Win, the Cowboys Legends Show here at the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco, and we don't have Danny this week. Uh, she uh, is on assignment somewhere else this week, Mickey. And so, Mickey, in just a little bit, a fair warning to all of you here <laughs> gathered, Mickey's going to get the wireless microphone. If you have a question for Datwin, let Mickey know and uh, get your questions ready to fire away at our guest, Datwin. Hey, Dat, how about uh, the, this Cowboys team getting the win on Sunday night? Much needed, as we talked about off the top of the show. Now things are okay with this team all of a sudden. Now we'll see what happens in Seattle on Sunday. But what are you seeing out of this defense especially? I think the defense has been unbelievable. I think people don't realize how good this defense really is. Uh, I I was telling somebody the other day when I was watching the Cowboys for the last few years is that when they rush four guys, it's whenever they start a game, meaning that they do any kind of combination of an offensive end or a tackle or a tackle or a nose tackle, make changing gaps and, and, and moving around. They might be the most disciplined team because that's when you seem like the Cowboys get pressure on the quarterback so easily. And, and if it's Leon Leto, if it's, uh, if it's uh, Rodden Melanelli planning this, it seems like they're always attacking the weak link of the, defense, the offensive line, and they're having so much success. And, and I think this defense right now, I think it's ranked a lot of the top five in a lot of things, right? Total, 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 yards, total yards. I think they're fourth. Points allowed and also um, number two sa- in sacks. sacks. Yeah, in sacks. Second. So there's a lot of positive. I know it's still early, uh, but but there's a lot of things that they're doing well. 
And it's, they're very simple in what they do. They don't, they don't, they don't try to outthink or outdo what they're, they're capable of doing. They're not trying to say, hey, we're going to do this. But to me, when I watch the defense, they, they, they make great tackles. They, they put a great effort. And they get to the football. And, th- and that's, that's basically football is all about, right? They find the ball and get to the ball. It seemed like your kind of defense because they also have shown a certain amount of speed, too. Like yes. from the front end to the back end, too. Yes. And, and you can see that with the speed. And the guys, the, the guys are playing so well. It seems like I can tell you I've been on a lot of different teams and different defenses. But every year we all know, hey, this is the, a mixture of the guys we brought in free agency, undraft pick, whatever it is. Uh, now we're going to stir it up to see, make sure the chemistry works. And, and right off the bat here in week two, I see that the chemistry is rolling on the right direction. This, this, team, this defense can be very good because they don't give a lot of big plays. You know, and, and that's, that's half of the battle. You play great in the red zone and you don't give a big plays, guess what? You give yourself a chance, and that's all you hope for. You're very familiar with Jalen Smith's story, and when you see him playing the way he has this year, your thoughts on him it's amazing uh, i thought this was uh, when all that stuff that went about the nerve stuff because i had nerve damage and nerve issues before and and having a nerve in your knee you know we always talk about hey that's your wheels right we always talk about the, the, the saying of players that that's my wheels hey, i gotta run i gotta keep it good but we have nerve damage on your knees that's always a concern but golly that's the guy is he was the top five draft pick couple now and unfortunately that happened but uh, you couldn't see the growth of this guy the last nine months or so even the end of last year to here it's a different player different person moving around just the flow he's he's not thinking he's more natural he's a quick reaction yeah there's here and there that might be a step or two crossover here that we can fix but that's things that you can fix but he's he's playing phenomenal uh eli manning found that out huh? <laughs> <laughs> eli manning that was like, one of the but, more violent tackles i think i've ever seen yeah the, the one that he hit he just put that shoulder down and and he, he reminds me that the roy williams he when uh-huh. when he hit eli it seems like one of those roy williams as a safety he could, he yeah could. it's just that thump i bet you on the field it's just like one of those things that, you, that, that those feelings that's a player when you hear somebody hit somebody else and it's just a good feeling overall. <laughs> it just spreads to everybody else. Like, oh, yeah. So they go back in the huddle, and then we're talking about it. Hey, did you, see, did you hear Eli there? It, it's funny, too, for, for Eli. And here's this two-time Super Bowl champ, okay? But he, he still gets such a hard time from fans, you know? And I don't know if it, his expression on, yeah. on his face <laughs> and stuff. And so it seemed like fans got even more enjoyment than it was Eli. <laughs> Who's got anything against Eli? But there are a lot of fans that do. Um, how about from a mental standpoint and just instinctual for a guy like Jalen Smith at that position at linebacker, being able to read and react in his film work and so forth? Are you seeing that from him in his, now in his second year playing where that even makes him faster on the field? You know, it's, it takes about three years as the game slows down. Uh, I think the game has slowed down a lot for him. You can see that just because of his – just the little things that he does. But now, hey, for example, if I'm middle linebacker and, and – I'm playing in Tampa too. There's no need for me to be at four yards depth. Hey, I get back five, five and a half because, hey, more than likely, I got to play the middle of the field first before. Because mindset wise, so now you put yourself in position to succeed in the anticipation of plays. And then now, hey, instead of being in the A gap, uh, I know the formation is leaning to the left side. I need to get to the, to the C gap. I can cheat a little bit more. Just the little things of alignment where the anticipation, you can see that as you go and it gets better. And, and that's just from studying and being next to Sean Lee. You know, I mean, you watch Sean Lee. Which helps out, right? (laughs) Sean Lee. Sean Lee reminds me so much of Zach Thomas. It's crazy when I watch him. And he's moving, and all of a sudden, he's leaning this way. Then the ball's snapping. The ball's going the direction he was leaning. And I was like, 
because I used to watch Zach and study Zach all the time because during that, during that time, he was one of my idols. I used to watch, and it was amazing. Now I watch Sean Lee, you're like, this guy, screen passes, 99%, he can read that screen so fast, and he gets there, and he disrupts the play somehow, some way. And, and certain guys have that ability, but for some reason, he sees that so quickly and, and, and dissect that like more than, better than anybody I've seen in, ever. So it sounds like... You take Sundays off so you can watch these games? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's right. a, that, that that's was the other thing that appealed, you, appealed to you about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. You don't oh, have to yeah. work on Sundays. Oh, yeah. You, can watch right. you don't have yeah. to take it off, yeah. do you? Especially, too, what's good is that it was, it was an evening game, too, which is nice because uh, we had a staff meeting. Uh, we do a quarter meeting and had a staff meeting that morning, and then we, we all hang out and start, start watching the game. So it's kind of funny watching those kids because they don't, they don't, for the first year, I don't think they knew uh, who I really was, like even uh-huh. a football player or play football. Kind of know about the Cowboys, but now – you know, people start noticing more. People want to talk. And Customers the recognize you? Yeah, people know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, now they do. You know, <laughs> they start pointing and start waving and say, go Cowboys. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. That's it's, nothing to do with that Cowboy jersey with Dad on the back that he wears in there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, right. so, you know, Bill, you, 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 he follows the game so closely. One of my great pleasures when he was working at the radio station in San Antonio is they would come to training camp yes. at least what one for once a year about yeah, a, week a week or whatever yes. uh-huh. and I'd stand next to him in practice and he'd watch the offense line up and he'd tell me what was getting ready to happen really? <laughs> and he was right all the time it was like okay now the defense needs to do this it was amazing I, how he could analyze things yeah it's just because of experience and just what Jalen Smith if he, if he keeps watching it seeing it and, and it's just something that's part of your life and and what's what's the philosophy of of, of Office of coordinators. What is their team? What is the mindset? I think that really helps you of how to kind of anticipate what play is going to be. What always happens is, okay, if you run on first and 10, if you don't get any yards, guess what it's going to be? It's not going to be another run, right? Well, it might be a draw, but more likely it's going to be a quick throw. Slant, five-yard stick route, something that they can get manageable third down. If you throw the ball on first down, it's incomplete. Guess what? That's a good time you have to run the ball now because you don't want to be in third and 10. But then minutes, time, remaining on the clock, kind of factor some of that in. Two minute, anything with a two-minute or three minutes, and then the score kind of allows you to think differently too. But that's, that's what's so fun, and that's what, how Bill taught me about the game. He said, hey, just don't watch the game. Watch the game. Don't run the play to run the play. There's all situation in this. There's reason why we do all this stuff. You know, so it's funny, but it's, it's what you learn and what you see. And, and football's always been always in, entertaining. You know what I mean? It's always like in your mind like, Hmm, what, what, what's this guy going to do with this play? Because there's sometimes that situation that comes up and, like, is he going to call a timeout? He's not going to call a timeout. You know what I mean? Stuff like that where uh, I guess I, I, uh, who played the other night, um, I can't remember when it was. Uh, I was watching the game, and somebody said to call a timeout, and they didn't, and then let it run. Oh, right before the half. It was, um, was Seattle, it Seattle, Seattle and Chicago. Right before the half, and said they think they should have called a timeout, but it's like even – they didn't call timeout. I was like, well, you just wasted opportunity because all you need is an opportunity. You never know what's going to happen in the play. Right. Give yourself a chance to run the play and then see what happens. Guy can bust a coverage. Guy can slip and fall down. Guess what? <laughs> There's that one play that busted out, bust the game out wide open. So but, you mentioned Bill a couple times, Bill Parcells. What was your first impression of him <laughs> compared to your lasting impression of him? Well, I, I didn't think I was going to last. Um, just because um, he didn't fit in his scheme, right? Six four, two fifty, mano y mano. He wants the tougher, bigger guys, and and we did this. And I remember Coach Zimmer, Zimmer pulled us, Dexter McCulloch, and myself. Go, hey, you guys are gonna be fine. 
don't worry. Because it was during the offseason. And, and he came in. He goes, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. And, um, and we're, but I, I like Bill. I love his demeanor. I love that, that he, um, he, knows, he really knows a person more than anything. I think that's, that's the most underrated, I think, um, thing about Bill Parcells is that he cares. He's really, he's really a, a big teddy bear deep down. I don't want to repeat that, but, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he does care. And then when you get to know him, you talk to him, guess what? He sits and he talks to you. Yeah. And he doesn't, you know, he'll talk to you and he'll ask you. And then two weeks later, he'll ask you, hey, how's mom or whatever it is, that conversation that you have. And that's why he connects so well with so many guys. But you got to get in that circle until prove to him that I could play for him. He put me in that circle. And now, hey, dad, this, what do you think? Hey, do we need to run sprints today? Or, hey, can I ease back and practice? He was giving, he's asking me. I was like, really? hey, why are you asking me, man? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I said, we're going to practice. You don't have to ask me. I was like, hey, you mean run that wall? I'll run that wall. You don't have to ask me if, if those guys are tired or how's my legs. But um, it was, uh, I think that's uh, the mutual respect that we have. Uh, I get a text once in a while from him. And, oh, really? Yeah. Still? Oh, Still yeah. today. He's in Jupiter. He's in Jupiter or he's in Saratoga, New Jersey. And one of the, depends on what, was it? Ju- yeah, he's up. Yeah. yeah this he's, time he's of the north. year, he's, he's up, up there. He's up north in yeah. the horses. Yeah. And he'll yeah. test you, right, to see how tough you are mentally mentally, or just your person, right? Yeah. Not football. No, he'll just... talk to you, Mickey. He'll talk to you, Bill. And then all of a sudden, he'll throw something out in left field. Uh-huh. See how you respond. <laughs> so he has a, he's a psychology major, right? So he knows, hey, if he respond this way, hmm. I don't know. I, I like that. If he's run this way, hey, I can, I can. I, if I'm stuck in the foxhole, I want him. You know what right. I mean? I saw, I saw him do that to uh, Miles Austin. Miles, yeah. Miles was uh, the rookie, undrafted, free yes. agent, and I was sitting there talking to him. He was sitting in the golf cart, and Miles comes walking up, and he looks at him. Hey, Miles, are you so and so smart? Do you, you know what you're doing? And, and Miles goes, Yeah, I think so. And, and, and he, you could see Miles kind of like getting scared, right? And he goes, well, what kind of score did you get on your SAT? Yeah. And he goes, coach, I got, you know, whatever it was. He goes, oh, that's pretty good. Okay. And then he loosens up and tells him that basically you grew up where I, I lived in yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he started Mom with, did you go to so-and-so's store? Did you get the ice cream at this <laughs> place? You know, And that was the part that people didn't. That's but he was, he was playing with him, getting to exactly. know him, who yeah. he was. He was amazing that way. Yep. And what did he call that win? A football-playing dude. <laughs> That's exactly right. That win, the football-playing dude, our guest here on the Cowboys Legends Show. And we're back with this football-playing dude in a moment. Geico presents. For every Cowboys fan, visit shopfansunited.com to find a location near you. Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola and the great Dat Win on the Cowboys Legend Show from the Cowboys Club here at the Star in Frisco. Mickey is now out in the audience with I the wireless mic. Hello, with Mickey. the wireless mic. And hopefully somebody's got questions because I'm not walking around we're putting, here. We're putting the pressure <laughs> on just nothing, somebody right? in the neighborhood of Mickey over there to ask a question. I think we got one here. Okay. What's your name and question? Yeah, Driscoll... Uh, Hey, Dak, um, I noticed in your stats you only had like six sacks in your career, but you had a ton of tackles. And I, I remember the, I think your first year you had like 112 or something like that. So is that because of your position being the middle linebacker? You just, you're, you're 
your idea was to stop whatever was coming through the middle. Yeah, so a lot of times when we play third downs, it's all about your talent, your ability. Uh, I was never a the fastest guy. I was never – length is a big deal in pass rush, meaning that arm length and ability to get to the quarterback. And if you can turn your hips, for me, I was more of a cover linebacker than I was a blitz linebacker. And my ability was that, hey, there was other guys that were better than me as a blitzer. You got Kevin Hardy, you got Dexter Coakley, you got even Darren Woodson. Those guys could get to the quarterback better just because they were more athletic, they were faster, or they could have ability to get to the quarterback. So certain guys have different knack and ability, and then you got to utilize those. But for me, I was never a guy that could get to the quarterback. I was more of a space guy, meaning that I understood concept and coverage and man coverage where I could give myself a chance to help the team. Hey, Bill, if you uh, look on my note sheet there, I've got the years and how many tackles he had, the most tackles those three years in a row there. You expect me to be able to read your yes, writing? Absolutely. <laughs> Here you <Yeah>. go. <laughs> so in, in uh, 2001, he had 172 total tackles. In 2003, 140. And 2004, 135. Could you add those up? That's a lot of tackles. Does it equal his number of tackles he had at Texas A&M? That's I, my probably question. Probably not, because yeah. at A&M, <laughs> my understanding is no one has broken his record of leading the team in tackles four consecutive years. That's right. And according to Wikipedia, 517 career tackles at Texas A&M. Still a record. Still a record. Will always That's, be a record. You know what's amazing, though? I had age. some great players in front of me, though. That's the, People forget I had uh, – Pat Williams, Brandon Mitchell, Eddie, J Eddie Jasper. I had Reggie Brown. I had Keith, Keith Mitchell. had all these guys that were in the National Football League for, for a long time, extended time in their career. So I was very fortunate to play behind those guys, and it made my job a lot easier. That's why I had all those tackles. All right, got so another question out here, okay. Bill. All okay. Right, <laughs> hey, Dad, my name is Boomer, and uh, good to see you. Hey, yeah. I, during, your, during your playing days at Steve, at, uh, Texas A&M. I was down the street at Stephen F. Austin playing your position, but uh, hey, but I wasn't as good as you are. Hey, so talk about at Texas A&M and talk about what it was like to play with R.C. Slocum or playing for R.C. Slocum. R.C. Slocum was great. Um, he he was really a a player's coach, meaning that he would give you an opportunity to succeed in life. He's more of a a a life skill mentor than anything else to us. He uh, I can tell you the first day I got to campus. And there was 26 of us that were signed that year. And uh, we sat in this, uh, in Kane Hall, which is uh, the uh, student dorm, uh, the student athlete dorm. And uh, it was an auditorium. And he sat down and he said, look to your right and look to your left. Three years from now, one of those guys not going to be here. And uh, I can tell you, after I graduated in four years at A&M, out of those 26 guys, there was only nine of us left mm -hmm. from that class. So the reality really, he, he really puts you in position to realize the opportunity that you have. I, I had an opportunity to work with R.C. on a college football studio show for Fox Southwest back right after yeah. he had uh, finished up at Texas A&M. Great man. Uh -huh. And uh, still very involved down there in College Bill, Station Bill, I've two. got a question out here, but it looks like you're working your phone there. Did you get any answers <laughs> I, from your I actually, text messages? I have, actually. Uh, all right, in the break, uh, Dak mentioned something about uh, Jason Witten, and oh, you, you started off, and then I'll tell you what okay. response I've gotten right Okay, here. so um, we are just talking about Bill Parcells, Parcells, and then we, we segue into, oh, the Giants game when he went back to New York for the first time, 
as a Dallas Cowboy, and it was a Monday night game, and we were playing the Giants, and we were winning the, the whole game. All of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, they came back and took the lead, and all of a sudden, they kicked the ball off, and we didn't have any timeouts left, and the ball hit the pylon. And then when you hit the ball, and then didn't go into the end zone, so now it's a penalty, and the ball starts at the 40-yard line. So during training camp, we practiced this play for about four or five times. And uh, Coach Parcell, we're like, man, what's this guy doing? We didn't understand his concept. We didn't understand his system. And then he was like, you, the situation might never, ever come up in your whole playing career. But if it does, you better know it. And um, I say, so every situation, we have about 25, 26 situations that we practice. Not every time, but just once in a while during, um, during training camp. And um, we play the Giants. They kick the ball, hit the pylon, 11 seconds left in the game. And there were no timeouts left. So everybody on the sideline looked at each other and go, like, oh, 62 Max Cafe XQ. We don't know what the play was. We kind of do, but we knew what we were, you know, he was preaching uh, during training camp. So it was a three-by-one, three-by-one, you uh-huh. want to jump in yet? Three-by-one formation, three receivers on one side, one receiver on the back side, the running backs on the weak side, quarterback obviously in shotgun. And uh, it's called 62 Max Cafe XQ, meaning that the front side of the field, which is three receivers, is just a decoy. We're not even looking over there. We're looking to the back side. And that one receiver, if they play in a, a press or a hard corner, meaning that's cover two, he'll run a, a cue, meaning he'll come in and run a cue and get to the free safety and then break out to the 25 yards uh, on the flag route. Basically, it's called a cue. But if it's soft and he's off, he'll just run the regular 18 and 7 on the 25-yard route. So uh, we sat in the sideline and we watched, and the ball snapped, and Quincy Carter hit Antonio Bryant for that, for that 25-yard gain. We kicked the 52-yard field goal. We got the ball in overtime, went down, kicked it, and won the game. <laughs> Situational football that we practiced that might not even happen, but it happened, and we got right. it. So. And so Dad said, next time you see Jason Witten, ask Jason, ask Jason about it. So I decided I'd just go ahead and text, text Jason yeah. Witten. So in the break, I just texted Witten, and he just responded. He said, Bill and I got our first game in 2003 at Giants. This was the play, exclamation point. <laughs> Antonio Bryant, 40 yards downfield, gets out of bounds for the Billy Cundiff game-winning field goal, exclamation point, exclamation point. That was a boom, exclamation point, exclamation point. Situational football at its best, exclamation point. Got our first win, exclamation point. That was just from Jason Witten just oh. now. So there you go. It's amazing the things you guys remember, and even the play call. That's incredible. I got another question for you here. All Hang right. on. Hey, Dad, this is Keller. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Um, you know, over, the, <laughs> over time, I've watched, and I wanted to know it from you because you, you're the professional tackler. Is it me, or is it appear that today most of the players are doing more heroic type tackles instead of making the tackle? In other words, they're they're trying to strip the ball, and when they make that move, then all of a sudden they don't make it, and the guy goes away. It seems like they're more into that than they are than just making the real tackle. Yeah, that's the hardest thing because coaches always, when we when we play football and you want to go through football, there's only about ten or twelve situations, or I'm sorry, possessions in a game. And anytime you try to get a turnover, you change the possession. You take a possession away from them, and you give yourself a chance. So I think a lot of players, the biggest thing is that they do want to make the big plays. They do want the spotlight. We all do. But the game of football has to understand, hey, what is the coverage? So if you're making a tackle, for example, if I'm going out to Mr. Bill Jones and I'm tackling them, and there's a cover two corner sitting outside, I can take my shots inside knowing that if I miss, 
the corner will cover me and make it. If, if the corner's squatting outside and I'm got Mr. Bill Jones, I'm hitting on the outside leg and I miss, I derail both of us. And now he's free and he can make a big play. So uh, understanding. No, 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 no. It, Mr. Bill Jones ain't going back. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, it, but it's uh, just understanding the coverage and where your help is at. That's the number one thing. So uh, understanding football is not just a knowing football, but knowing, hey, where's my help? Can I take a shot or can't I? If I can't take a shot and I can't trust that guy, guess what? I have to make the tackle. And then you secure the tackle. And, and typically it should be the second guy in with the mindset of, hey, I'm going to get the ball out because the, the first tackle is already – the first guy there should be hanging on for dear life, and then the other guy comes in and try to get the ball out. But I think that's the most important thing for a lot of players that don't understand is that, hey, let's make the big play. There's a chance there's – there's a time and place of big plays, and there's certain times that you have to make the right decision because – I tell people all the time when I go tell when I tell stories, it's like the best thing about football that people don't talk about or nobody realize is that that four seconds, that ball snap, I don't care how loud it is, how crazy it is in the stadium, you don't hear anything. For four seconds, I do not hear a thing. I can hear pin drops because you're so You can't afford focused. to listen to anything yes, else. Yes, yes. So yeah. that's so that's what's cool about that. Yeah. I guess that's one thing that I missed. That moment, up. yes. Yep. Yep. All right. You know, we, are we in break? Yeah, we got to we take a break. You want to right, go ahead? You want to tease it? No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask him because the Cowboys, when they got Saquon Barkley in space, they had a hard time bringing mm. him down. Mm. But I think that had a lot to do with him. Oh yeah, his, his, his ability. Yeah, that's one of the best, one of the better running backs I've seen in many many years. Yeah, uh, but I, the thing about it is, they were flying to the football, and if Jeff Heath missed a tackle, he has another guy. Was there's another there, guy. Right? You have him, and and that's you know talking about Barkley. He's going to be an exceptional player. Uh, I, I haven't seen a guy that has such balance and how big he is. He's, what, he's 6'2", 230. You know, he reminds me a lot of um, a fin- little bit more finesse Ricky Williams in my, oh, yeah. my playing days. Because Ricky was big, but he, was very, he had great balance. He was very light on his feet. And, um, but this guy has burst. He can hit the, he can hit Look the out run. if they get some offensive linemen, right, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, we continue with that win and find out if the Aggies are going to beat the Crimson Tide when we come back in just a moment. SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Legends Show. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Final 10 minutes or so with that win here on the Cowboys Legends Show. Bill Jones along with Mickey Spagnola. All right. That win, third round pick of the Cowboys, 1999 out of Texas A&M. Of course, he was with the Cowboys 99 through 2005, then an assistant coach with the Cowboys after that. Also was inside linebackers coach at Texas A&M under Mike Sherman after that in 2010 to 2011. But I want to take you back, Dat, to your career at Texas A&M, leading the team in tackles, I believe, all four years there, amassing those 517 tackles. Got still have everyone who ever has matriculated at Texas A&M still has a love for Texas A&M, right? There's nothing quite That's, like the Aggie family, right? Yes, it's unique. Uh, I think I tell people all the time it's that outside looking in, you don't understand it. Inside looking out, you can't explain it. <laughs> but that's what it is. It's, I don't know. It's a cold. It's just, it's just a unique, unique place. And uh, it's a place where, you know, you can't share 
how, how it is. It's, it's so, it, it used to be a small town. Now it's bigger. I think we're, we're one of the biggest universities in the country now since that we don't have an, a cap on enrollment, and every year we're adding 2,000 kids every year. Uh, I think we're on pace to being 75,000 students. No way. Wow. Yeah, Seriously. Yeah, like a few years here. It's amazing. And you can and basically did, count those students at Blinn also because there's so many exactly. that, that maybe don't qualify their freshman year, but they live in the dorms there on campus, and they're going to Blinn at the same yeah, time. Yeah, so, so, we're, so <laughs> that whole philosophy is now that we're growing so much, we lose a little small town feel because we were hour an hour and a half um, – East of Austin, hour and a half north of Houston. So we're just a little country town outside. But uh, it's been unique. It's still unique. Uh, the culture, tradition, they're still, you know, top, one of the best places I ever had a chance to play. And, and to, to share that, I think um, it's been a phenomenal uh, place. I, I found my wife there. My wife and I were, you know, we're there the whole time. And, and I can tell you, it's just something that you can't share with people how – how special A&M really is. So when you decided on Texas A&M, what did it co- who did it come down to, A&M and who? So I, I, sorry, I have enough time. I, I went yep. to University of Michigan on a trip. Uh, back then we didn't have Twitter, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have Instagram, we didn't have all this stuff, right? We know. So, <laughs> so, December, so December 1st of 1993, I get a knock. And I open the door, it's Gary Moeller, the head coach of University of Michigan. 93. 93, yep. so that's 25 my, years 25 ago. 25 years wow. ago. So, so we're like, whoa. Gary Moeller, how do you find Rockport, Texas, which your little town in the, in the Gulf Coast? So he comes in, talked to my parents. My parents didn't speak English much. So 10 days later, I took a trip to University of Michigan. First time I flew in a plane. First time I saw snow. First time I <laughs> ate lobster. I was like, man, this is royalty. I'm coming here. So, so I said, I'm going to be big blue. I'm going to go to Michigan. Uh, so I kind of committed, saying I was going to come back. Uh, Cam Cameron. Uh, was the uh, recruiting coordinator there. He was the head coach at Indiana. He was the only player ever to play basketball and football at the University of Indiana. Um, so he recruited me there. Then I said, like, well, since they're paying for my trip to go uh, around the country, let's, let's travel because since I've been there. So I go out to UCLA. I flew in a plane, saw uh-huh. sunshine and palm trees, and <laughs> ate lobster. <laughs> I was like, man, hey, what's, what's the common denominator here, man? <laughs> so, so I went to Texas for, um, to visit University of Texas, ate too much of that Earl Campbell sausages. <laughs> and then I ended up at A&M, and then, um, you know, I felt like home. I felt like home. Uh, I felt like that was the place I, I, I was supposed to be. And uh, when I signed, I didn't know there was five linebackers that signed. And, um, and when I got there, I was like, man, I was miserable. I wanted, I wanted to quit. I wanted to uh, transfer. I wanted to leave A&M my first year. It was, it was, it was the toughest year. Then I said, hey, I really dedicate myself. I said, academic, they're going to pay for my school. Let's get the education and make football second, second priority. So uh, I went back. We worked out at 6 in the morning. I came back, went to class at 8. Came so back you at redshirted your first year there? Redshirted okay. my first year. And then at 12 o'clock, I, I, I worked out again and came back with the team at 4. So I worked out three times a day just for an opportunity. And, uh, and the whole summer, off season, I worked up to be a backup to this guy that was an All-American, high school All-American. He was going to start for the next three years at A&M. I was like, okay, I'll, maybe my senior year I get the chance to play. Uh, right before we played LSU on the opening redshirt freshman year, on that Wednesday, R.C. Slocum said, hey, get on the line and let's run sprints. He steps on the sprinkler head. Whoa. My career started. Wow. <laughs> that was it. That's wow. how my career started. I wasn't going to play. He was an All-American. He stepped on the sprinkler head, sprinkled his ankle, and can't play. His name was Wally Pip. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, That's Bill. right. That's right, Bill. Yeah. So – so then let's go back further. Judging from your parents coming here 
from Vietnam. I'm assuming they didn't know much about football, right? Two games. Two games of my high school career. Both were parents' night, my junior, my senior year, and they were out of the building or out of the really? stadium. So what got you interested Rockport, in Fulton? What got you interested in football? I just fell in love. I was I was playing basketball. I was much bigger. I, my mom had a restaurant and I was eating a restaurant. We had a buffet restaurant and she always tell people, Oh, he ate me out of business. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, so I was playing basketball. I was much taller. Asian guys, they're not that, not that tall. So I, was, I thought it was going to be the next Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, but I got introduced to football. My brother was playing. My cousin was playing. A, a junior high coach asked me to come out and play. And then when I, when I went out there and played, uh, I fell in love with the game after that. And that's how I got, got into football. And your uh, parents were okay with it? They were okay because they, they knew I was staying out of trouble and I was playing something, doing something I would enjoy doing. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. Okay, so <laughs> – Tuscaloosa, Alabama on Sunday afternoon. Woo, that's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, games like this, you hope it weather, weather, there's elements. Uh, that hopefully that can be an equalizer and make the game a little bit easier, just like it was at Clemson. A&M wasn't as talented uh, as Clemson, but the weather helped. So you hope that this could be the same thing, same scenario. And games like Alabama, they're so good, they're so dominant, but if you want a chance, you got to stay close. Just stay in possession. Stay close somehow. And maybe the fourth quarter, give yourself a chance. And I think that's a mindset you got to have because Alabama right now are blown teams away. Yeah, and, but the and difference now is they've got a quarterback who – And he's good. Yeah. And he's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, but they, they've, they've, they've had the hope. best team the last decade. Now yeah. they've got the best quarterback. I, I don't like moral victories, but if we stay close <laughs> and look okay on national TV, I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, so the whole move to the SEC, you, you love it? or I enjoy it. I think yeah. A&M fits perfect. And you look at A&M, you look at Ole Miss, you look at Starkville and, and Mississippi State, all those towns you go to, you see, you're like, whoa, A&M, College Station. Bryan College Station is very similar to all these little towns that are in the SEC. And I, and I like it. I think we made the right decision uh, overall. The competition is so much better. Uh, not saying downgrading anybody else, but you, it's the closest thing to the National Football League is watching the SEC. And the excitement's higher, right? Oh, just every game's yeah. a beating. God, yeah. those guys are beasts. It's six, 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 seven of the Giants, and you know, they're, they're massive. They're, you watch them, they're out there unbelievable. So where are you on renewing the rivalry with Texas? I'm, I'm fine with it. I love it. I, I wish we we do it every year. Yeah. I think there's always excuses. Oh yeah, the, we're playing a bigger conference. What, what doesn't matter. Both everybody has excuses, but but you have bragging rights. You know that's what's thing that I think a lot of people miss is that one one day that you got to compete with them in 364 days. Whoever won that game, you get the bragging right for the whole year, and you miss that. All right, Cowboys Seahawks. What do what do the Cowboys need to do against the Seahawks team? It's the home opener for Seattle. Seattle. They've started out with two on the road. They're 0-2. It's like the wounded tiger. And Parcells would probably have a story to yeah, tell. Yeah, so they're a desperate it. team. They're yeah. a desperate team. They're going to have to do everything they can to win. Don't be surprised they're not going to punt the ball. But um, you guys just got to do what you got to do, and, uh, and you got to respect Russell Wilson. He's going to try to make some plays. Uh, but overall, I think we're a better team. Seattle's not the same team that used to be, but you still got to respect them because they did win Super Bowl. They do still have a quarterback, and as we all know, you got to have a quarterback to win this league, and Russell Wilson's one of the better ones in this league. And they have won nine consecutive home openers, by oh, the way. Wow. How about Mickey. that, huh? Yeah. 
Well, streaks got to be broken. That's right. And That's 14 of 15. They made sure they put that at the top <laughs> of their release. <laughs> By the way, had something positive going on, right? Do we know who our Legends guest is going to be next week? Yes, Mickey? we do. It's Walt Garrison. Oh, Walt Garrison. Shocking, week. huh? All right. That I know already. Yeah, very good. Yeah. And if you want to see Dat win during the week, he's making appearances at a Chick-fil-A in downtown Fort Worth, right? Yes, sir. Do you ever work? You ever work the window, the drive-up window, when I'm people right come? There. Oh yeah, yeah. Away from, uh, yeah, yeah. Then we take selfies. <laughs> <laughs> What's the location? Uh, uh, West episode is five four nine Carroll Street. Okay. All right. That does it for the Cowboys Legends Show. Dat, we appreciate you joining us this week. This and was we great. Will see you again next week. If you're like me and you love, I mean, if you have a.